All right, huddle up, huddle up. We're gonna crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. Wait, did he? What is it? Drivers, start your engines. This is the finish line. I approached a great offensive lineman in the past. Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and Richmond Webb belongs to that same group. Here are your hosts, legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. What is good, Finn Nation? What's good? Welcome back to another episode of The Finish Line. As we make our live debut on Finside the NFL, we will be live on YouTube every Thursday at 8 p.m., but that will be probably changing to Wednesday, so that's pending. Be out on the lookout for that, and it could be as soon as next week. Besides that, if you still enjoy listening to us to audio, we're still available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you try to get your little podcast fix, we will still be available audio-wise of this show. So, gentlemen, we had a a long, long show last night. We went over predictions through the season on FinsideTheNFL.com and such. Um, Richmond, ball game. how y'all feeling? We are literally... As we as we record now, three days away from getting starting to get some answers, starting to find some <laughs> things out. Uh, how you feeling, man? How you how you feeling as the pulse begins to surge and you're checking it to see if you're really alive? How you feeling right now? <laughs> good evening, gentlemen. I, I'm feeling good. Uh, reason it, it was a long show, but you know I really enjoyed it. Um, the gentlemen that were on the panel last night, you know, with their football knowledge and, and the way they uh, everybody presented different cases, a lot of things we all kind of came together and actually agreed on a lot of stuff. Um, it was two hours, but it didn't seem like two hours because it was just a wealth of knowledge. And anytime you can get that and you respect people's opinions that really take time to really study it, this and that. And I know a lot of you guys are a lot more deeper as far as, you know, y'all really know. I, I know the game of football. Y'all know the game of football, but y'all know it from a different perspe- perspective sometimes. So I really just enjoy sitting back listening and uh, just getting different people's take on and stuff like that. But uh, I am truly excited to be live. You know, I'm, I'm glad you came up with this idea, and I think it's going to be great. And people can listen to us, but they can also see us. And I think sometimes that makes a big difference. So definitely excited about that. And before I get to talk about football so much. I know we got people, fans from across the world, but, and I know, you know, but Queen Elizabeth II, she passed away today. So want to offer my condolences to, you know, the Royal family and, you know, just had a ton of respect. And I remember, I think it was Netflix came out with a documentary on her or whatever. My wife watched it and I actually sit down and watch some episodes and it was, 
it was really brother pretty. ding dong the witch is dead all right that's all i gotta say over <laughs> no, here I'm not going there and i'm under brother. the commonwealth and i said that all right <laughs> Ding hey, dong, yeah. the witch is dead. We, all right, we're we, we, we gonna, we, we gonna, we gonna go into that off air. I, I'm you, you might have a little different perspective, but from what I know, you know, I just wanted to put that out there. But, um, you know, football kicks off tonight to build the Rams. Um, definitely get to watch some of that, but just excited that football is actually back and, um, looking forward. Like you said, we're three days away. We've got the Patriots rolling in town, and I think we're ready to start it out, right? I think the fan base is excited. So uh, we got a, got a lot to talk about. And so uh, how you doing, Mr. Ballgame? I, you know, I think it's um, always good, man, this time of year to be able to be um, this close. And I can feel anticipation i'm watching a lot of the news channels and things and people talking reckless still but you know i this is the time of the year where we yeah, actually get to sit back and um how people eat crow is coming so i hope they <laughs> um hope they bring their appetites with them because you know as soon as you step outside you're gonna get checked um there's gonna be a different dolphins team i mean i'm, I'm anxious to see how this first six weeks goes but i think they're gonna get it together Probably, hopefully, faster than faster faster than expected, and uh, we'll roll through some people, man. Make the playoffs and uh, give us exactly what we've been yearning for for quite some time. But you know, I'm, I'm always good. It's, I'm always good, man, to be uh, here with y'all too. So you know, I'm I'm anxious, but you know, it's a good time. Brother, you got some support on Twitter for your little Baltimore pick, you know? <laughs> they were like, "What? Only one of a one one of you picked us to, to be Baltimore? People need to look at net last year." So you had Dougley out here defending his takes, bro. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. So, uh, guys, before we get into everything that we're gonna get into tonight, I just wanted to talk a little side note because I do think it's worth mentioning. I haven't even mentioned it on Finside the NFL yet, but I do want to briefly hit you guys with a curveball right here that I didn't prep you guys Uh-oh. for. I don't know if you saw, but the news came out that um, Taron Armstead actually did eventually link up Drew Brees and Tua Tungvaloa. I don't know if you guys have heard that yet, but yep. it actually it came out. Um, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because this is someone who he's been compared to in a lot of sense, you know, and, and you even go down to the injury. We had a real serious shoulder injury to his a throwing shoulder. And eventually you saw it as he got into his forties, it really started to bring Drew Brees down big time with, you know, pop gun arm type stuff. Um, but the, the way they accuracy, the way they attack all three levels, just their game had a lot of similarities with Tua coming out of Alabama. I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on them actually linking up, especially you, Richmond, you know, because I'm sure there were, there had to have been offensive linemen, whether, you know, whatever the case may be, rookies or even friends who have kids that want to be offensive linemen that have hooked you up, you know, tried to pick your brain to improve this player. You know, what do you think goes on in a conversation between a guy like Tua Tungvaloa and Drew Brees when when you look at stylistically, sure, the results of different are different and varying, but stylistically, they're very, very similar. And Richmond's having a couple audio yeah, he's issues. Muted. Yeah, he's muted. There you go. You're good. It's a bat. Can you hear me? 
We can hear okay. you. Okay. Sorry about that. It, it, it disconnected a bit. Um, I, I think I think that's great. I think that's awesome. I think you know, I've always really liked Tua, and it shows that he's a student of the game. So when you have an opportunity to meet with someone that's had the type of longevity in the NFL, like Drew Brees, and I remember in the early 2000s, it was actually uh, he possibly was being considered as for looked at as becoming a dolphin bit. I think it was a shoulder injury or something that they, they, they steered away from that bit. When you get somebody's game that, that they kind of compare you to. And um, when he's had success and, you know, Drew Brees is a hall of famer and you can pick that guy's brain or he can give you tips as, you know, as far as the approach and stuff, uh, as far as preparing for the games and just getting his outtake on it and getting, you know, that's a, that's a wealth of knowledge, but, uh, I think it's I think it's great, and for um, Teron Armstead to hook those two up, and for uh, Drew Brees, you know he's probably met to it before, but to, to be able to to look at the next guy that's up and coming and, and be willing to help him to you know hone his game and skill set, and, and especially if you know anything about the way he's worked this offseason, I mean I think he has a great work ethic. I like the way he approaches the game, and he's a captain, so. He has those leadership skill abilities. Um, I think that's awesome. And I don't know if Tua said anything or if Teron just said, hey, man, I'm going to hook you up with my boy, uh, Drew Brees, this and that. And for him, you know, because he's in on television now, but for for to hook those two up and you have access to someone like that, that, you know, for his height, size and everything that, you know, probably deal with some of the same things as you would. It's great to be able to have somebody that you can pick their brain and play it at such a high level like he did. Mm. Ball game. What did you think about it when you saw it? I mean, I think, you know, Richmond nailed it on the head. I mean, even down to Taron Armstead, you know, he's going to be rocking that scene now and he's out here acting like a captain, but, you know, he said he would do it when he got here and he actually followed through. I mean, what are your thoughts on it after? I mean, I know we got to take a minute, a minute, and remorse over the fact that we chose Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees, and thank you for rehashing that, Richmond. But, uh, but, um, what, what, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, you know, you remember when we were comparing this guy coming out, Drew Brees was a guy that a lot of people were comping and ceiling to. Right. I think it's always important to look at the uh, foundational part of this whole process. And the man came in and said he was going to do something, and he followed through with it, which means that he could be trusted. And as a teammate, that's probably one of the greatest things that he could bring to this organization is the fact that he is going to stand on his word and he's going to follow through. And anything that's going to be asked of him, if it's going to be for the betterment of this team, he's probably going to wind up doing it. Mm. That gives everybody around him that's seen him do these type of things that that much more of a reason to want to go out and lay it on the line every day in practice and in these games. And I think that's probably the glue that this team was needing along with what Tyreek brought to the table in regards to his leadership. So now you got two guys that are spilling all the beans and trying to make all the right connections to make sure that our young guys have all of the tutelage that they can possibly ever want. You know what I mean? And then the fact that it was, it's Breeze who people said didn't have the strongest arm, who game is tools game is modeled after that just makes it that much more special. So, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I think that's huge, bro. And um, you can't – some things you can manufacture from coaching staffs. They can manufacture ways for teams to 
build their camaraderie and things of that nature. But when you got a guy coming in and right out the rip, he said, "I'm a, hey man, I'm a, um I'm gonna get you in touch with the the Hall of Famer." I mean, because yeah. that's everybody know Breeze gonna make the Hall. You know, that's huge. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even imagine what the goosebumps were like when Tua finally, you know, what I'm saying, got the phone call from Breeze or whatnot. You know, like yeah, yeah, that's awesome, bro. And I, I honestly think, you know, as much as we all love Dan Marino, there's a lot more things in terms of how they are as players that he can relate to in terms yep. of conversationally, yep. conversation-wise with Breeze compared to what he could with Marino, right? The, so. Yeah, the problem with Marino is that he's he, just like all the other quarterbacks that we brought in, is always going to be in the shadow until he surpasses him, until he's yeah. able to do something that Dan wasn't able to do, mm-hmm. you know, and – yeah, having another guy to be able to bounce that type of stress and that type of you know, all those types of expectations and things off of that had adversity and pushed through it and, you know what I'm saying, got himself back to the top echelon at, at the position that, yeah, that's that's invaluable, bro. Like, mm-hmm. damn, Tua got it laid out for him, man. They really rallying around him, finding this kid, man. I like that, bro. So, so speaking of Tua. We are heading into week one this week against the Patriots, Um, you know, and I mean, this is when you look at the actual matchup and even from a betting standpoint, whatever the case, this is the first time the Patriots haven't been favored to win a season opener since 2016. And the Dolphins are favored over the Patriots for the first time since December 2013 which is snaps a streak of 16 consecutive games with the Patriots as favorites over the Dolphins. So also two with three and O has the potential to go four and O against the Patriots. And he would be the first quarterback in the bill Belichick era to start off four and O against the new England Patriots. Um, is the pressure is, is, is it more on Mike McDaniel or Tua, is this a bigger test for the head coach or for the starting quarterback? Because on one hand, you got a guy going up in his first game against a coach that's won over 500 games in Bill Belichick and five Super Bowls as well. And on the the flip side, you know, Tua, he's going up against Mac Jones. He's already 2-0 against Mac, but Mac's coming off a season where – Quite frankly, because he was coddled, his stats were inflated a little bit. So everyone, you know, he made the top 85 list, which I don't know how. And, you know, uh, the pressure is on Mike McDaniel to deliver the playoffs, which is something Brian Flores never could. And the pressure's on Tua to prove he's a franchise guy this year. So week one of the NFL season, guys, who is it a bigger test for, Tua Tungvaloa or Mike McDaniel? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Sorry about that ball game. Um, you good? I think it's a test for both and for, for different reasons. And I'll, I'll start with um, uh, Mike McDaniel. Um, I think he's always been one of the best offensive coordinators probably in the league. You know, the way he sets up things, you know, his offensive system schemes, this and that, he does an outstanding job of that. Um, but going from a, a coordinator to a head coach, you know, that's a different thing. He'll still be involved on the offensive side, but now you got, you know, three phases of the game to be worried about offense, defense, and special teams to where everything falls on your shoulders. Now, 
Um, I, I think that, you know, everybody wants to be successful. And I, I think he's a competitive coach. And sometimes uh, you see coaches that are really good coordinators. Uh, they come in and become a head coach. And they really struggle the first time they do it. And then some of them, they adjust to it and they do really well. So um, just like, you know, if Tua uh, had access to Drew Brees, I would definitely be reaching out to um, some former head coaches and say, hey, you know, what is it I need to, am I missing something here, this and that? I would be picking those guys' brain. I'm sure he has uh, access to, some former head coaches that have had success in, in the NFL. So, um, and with him being a competitive coach, I, I just, that's just what I see for Mike McDaniel as far as Tua. Um, you know, you're a leader on this team, and I, I think he puts pressure on himself, become the best. I think he still wants to prove that he's worthy of their top five pick. And I know he's heard all the things that have been said about him. You know, we should have took somebody else, this and that. You know, he's went through it all. And each offseason, you see how he busts his tail, work hard. And now you bring in a coach with Mike McDaniel and one of the first, I guess, players, or at least that's what they showed on social media, was he called Tua and told him his expectations. And, you know, he felt that he would be great, but you're going to have to work. And I don't think Tua's ever had a problem as far as, putting in the work and this and that that's that's been shown so um i think he has things to prove i think he wants to do what's best for the team in order for the team to have success and and if he does that i think he knows everything else um will take care of itself he doesn't seem like uh he's never seemed like a guy that was a selfish player that says you know i need to get my stats here or this and that it's always been about what's best for the team and even when I felt, and I know a lot of people felt, he received a lot of unfair criticism. He never took that opportunity to throw teammates up under the bus and saying, well, this guy would have did this, this, and that. Never a finger pointer. He, he took it on, on the chin like a man, and I think that's why he has so much respect in the locker room, and I think that's why he was named one of the, the captains. But um, I think – with him being here and this is his third year, uh, this is New England. And I always look at the divisional games. They count twice as much as the regular ones because you want to win your division. And um, I think he knows the importance of this game. And you want to start out on a good, good foot. And I think it's going to be loud. It's going to be electric. Um, season tickets are sold out. Everybody's paid attention to what's happened this offseason. They've looked at it and said, you know, the, the moves that Coach McDaniel came in and made this and that, Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead, doing things to actually say, we're going to, we're going to fix this thing, we're going to fix it now. And I think the, the excitement is through the roof, so I'm looking forward to Sunday. But it is pressure, but I think both of those guys, from what I see so far, they'll be able to handle it. Ball game, who do you think it's a better test for, or bigger test for, sorry, McDaniel or Tua? Your mic, brother. We good? Yeah. Real All good. Right. So, um, I think the biggest thing right now is that, like, Tua's been um, in front and on the field with um, Belichick. He's been 
in a duel back and forth with him a couple times now. For me, I think it's always important to take into consideration that a guy, even though he may not have actually been the guy calling the plays, Mike was intricately involved in the, the buildups and the installs of everything that they ran in the locations where he came from, especially in San Francisco. So um, the success is shared amongst all the coordinators and um, whether he was actually one calling the play or not, a lot of times, a lot of the flow of what the team is finding success doing still comes through that specific coordinator, right? Like the run game, you know, if you black beating people up in the run game, coach mm-hmm. looking over his shoulder, like, Hey, what else you got? You know what I'm saying? So you, you really are to some degree kind of calling the plays unless it's in crucial situations where coaches, you know, generally have things that they really want to do and feature in those specific areas. So, I think just because of the nature of this being his first actual time facing Bill, the mm-hmm. pressure's a little more on Mike to maintain, you know what I'm saying, basically everything and keep a cool, calm head about himself and not get ahead of himself. You know, they let the moment not get too big for him. But mm-hmm. the dude seems to be so cerebral, bro, and he seems to be so in command of his emotions that I don't even really think he's even thinking about it in terms of the, the the moment probably being too big for him, to be honest with you. And mm. we all know Tua's a really calm, cool, you know, he, he's a cool character anyway. So um, they probably sitting around at some point before the game on Sunday, both of them sitting, talking to each other in regards to, listen, I need you as much as you need me. Um, I'm going to lean on you, right? That C on your chest is there for a reason. These guys depend on you. I need you to walk me through some of this stuff too because the moment – you know, you've been in this situation. You played New England before, and this is Mike talking to Tua. I'm going to need you to calm me down if you see I get a little rattled. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. an honest dialogue between a coach and a player that a lot of a lot of players, a lot of the good ones, they have with their coaches because they do need each other. They both need each other to be successful, and I think um, it's a shared responsibility, in my opinion, not just one or the other. I think it's shared between the both of them, and I think they'll rise to the occasion, to be honest with you. So, yeah. so, so if you got, I, I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, the Patriots, you know, I mean, clearly, you know, I don't think it's just a weather issue. Um, they've come down here early and they've been training in Palm, what West Palm, right? I believe. Yep. And, yep. um, you know, I joked around about how McDaniel, you know, Belichick fears McDaniel. But I truly think, you know, with how with what we've heard coming out of New England in terms of, you know, how the offense has looked, how Mac Jones has looked, the receiving core looked, because when the pads came on, all of a sudden DVP was getting taken away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there is legitimate concern over there on what they're going to look like offensively. But um, how much stock do you guys put in them coming down and starting to train – and prepare for us a couple of days earlier than normal. Like, you know, coming down a couple of days earlier than normal ain't going to acclimate you to the weather. You're going to need like a couple of weeks out there at least to start really getting acclimated to the weather. So that's why I don't buy the whole weather acclimation thing. I mean, Richmond, you played in it. Um, what, how much stock do you guys put in them coming down early? And do you think there's? And I'm not gonna sit here and say they're out here with the video recorders. But do you do? You, do you think there's a? Do you, how much stock do you put in it? And do you think it's more of a? 
we got to get our P's and Q's in line in terms of worried about where their offense is at right now. I, I think they definitely worried more about the offense. You know, my experience, even when we went playing in cold weather, your body doesn't acclimate that quick. It's going to take, like you said, it's going to take more than a couple of days to adjust and say, okay, um, my body's used to being in hot, humid weather, this tropical weather they have in Miami. Um, and even guys, I remember playing down there, it, it would be some Sundays it would get so hot and humid that it would even affect us. So for a team that's coming from up north, you, you can't adjust that quick. And, and, and you just got to have a mindset that the thing that I, I remember playing when we'd have to go to cold weather games, the thing that really stood out to me, if the game was close and longer we were in the game, I didn't, you never really focus on the weather. At least I didn't. But if we were winning by a lot or if we were losing by a lot, a lot of times you'll like, man, it's cold out here. You know, let's get out of here. But most of the time, you know, if it's, if the game is tight, then you focus on the game and that, and that's what, you, that's what you want to do. But um, I think, I think he's more concerned about how he's going to defend the speed of like Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Do I blitz? If I do blitz, you know, this guy does a pretty good job of going through his progressions and getting the ball out. And if he could do that last year with the offensive line we had last year, it's going to be a little bit easier. But um, Belichick has always had an idea of coming up with blitz schemes that you've never seen before. Linebackers cross. It's just something to just throw you out. But I guess the thing that gives me confidence is we got some veteran coaches, veteran offensive line coach that if that happens, he'll get the guys together on the sideline and say, okay, if this happens again, we need to do X, Y, Z, block it this way, that way. You correct the mistake and you move on. And I think with um, the coaches we had last year, a lot of them were young, really, really young, inexperienced. And when you get in situations like that, it seemed like they didn't correct it or they really struggled with that. But that that's what kind of gives me – a little bit more confidence that we'll be able to make game time adjustments on the sideline. We don't have to wait till we go into the locker room at half and say, okay, they do this and that. So um, it's good to have young coaches, but I think you need a good mix, especially when you got a young team like we did. And our offensive line was really, really young last year, but we made some additions this year to kind of uh, put a little veteran presence in there, which is good. But that's the thing um, I think he's trying to decide how do I blitz this guy? Do I try to force him one side of the field or, or the other? You know, he he is he he watches a ton of film, and he's looking for a weakness, and that's what I believe he's going to try to find and say, okay, how can I rattle this kid to to try to get him out the pocket or whatever? But at the same time, how do I defend the speed that they got at the wide receiver position? So, you know. He's thinking about it, but it's it's not an easy task, and I think he knows that. And some of the explosive plays we had in the um, preseason, I think he knows. You know, this guy gets by you. This can be six. You can get like, we're on the road. This and that. You don't want the game to get out of hand, and it it easily easily could with a couple of plays. So that's what I think he's thinking about. Ball game. Give me the question again. So how much stock do you really put in um, Bill Belichick coming down and training early with this team? Like, 
it, it would take a couple weeks to acclimate to this weather, not a couple extra days. Gotcha. Um, you know, what, what do what do you think of the whole situation? Yeah. You know, it's going to be hot regardless of whether they came down three weeks early or three months early. The fact of the matter is at this point, I think they probably made the trip down here sooner than later. Um, just to uh, get away from all of probably the chaos that they got going on around them up there. I mean, Bill understands that he, in the history of him being there in New England, he'd never spent as much money on this team that he did like last season in the off season. And um, that didn't really bode as well for him as he um, thought it would have. And the fact of the matter is he's showing vulnerabilities now. So doing things uncharacteristically at this point is all he's got left. I don't necessarily um, put a whole lot of stock into them coming down just because they are who they are at this point, and there's really nothing over there other than a wide receiver that he kind of paid too much for in Bourne, um, trying to revive DVP, but, you know, we all know what that experiment looks like. And um, the best thing over there probably is what Hunter Henry, and I don't even know if he's healthy. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. The mind games – it might just be one of these things where people, you know, it's giving some people something to talk about. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as being something that's going to change the outcome on Sunday for sure. Not for me. So, um, when you look at this Patriots front right now, actually, you know, before we get into that, you mentioned <coughs> Waddle today. Waddle was actually a full participant in case mm-hmm. anyone wasn't aware. So it looks like Waddle's going to be good to go on Sunday. Um, but we'll obviously continue to watch the injury report. Um, okay, when you look at running the football, obviously this is going to be a key aspect of Mike McDaniel's offense, but they have a very stout front. I mean, both teams have a pretty stout front, but they got, they're got they pretty – I think they're a little bit better than us at the uh, second level. So last year um, they were 14th in terms of rushing defense – um, were the Dolphins and the Patriots were actually only 22nd. We allowed 109.8 yards per game. They allowed about 123.7 yards per game. Um, when you look at the Patriots, let's start off with them. For them to be successful, they've always been able to run the ball. All right. Mm-hmm. They last year, um, they had the eighth best rushing attack. They averaged 126.5 yards per game. Do you think with the addition of Trey flowers and the depth we've added up front that it's going to be a lot harder for them than it has been in the past to get guys like Ramondre Stevenson and such going. And I'll start with you ball game against our front. And, you know, that's kind of how you want to play them because you want to make Mac Jones have to try and beat you. Right. So, what 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 are your thoughts on we know every year we've gone in against the Patriots, every time we've had the conversation ball game, it's always been gotta stop the run. Um yep. are you more confident than ever in terms of the front we've put together to be able to stop the run? I like the bodies that we brought in. I like the bulk that we have up front, and I like the nastiness that we brought in as well that got added to this front seven. So yeah, I think um it's been a well-known fact for, for a number of years that everything that they did up there, even when, you know, even when TB12 was there, um, they run the pass and the play action kills you because of Tom's ability to get the ball out and get it into spaces that were just 
um, predicated off of guys having moved because of the run game was so efficient that you had to honor the run game. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we are well-equipped, um, more than well-equipped up front to be able to deal with just about any look that they give us in terms of stopping the run. And that's where, like you said, uh, Matt Jones is going to be in trouble. Um, I think the biggest thing, biggest thing right now is that once we do take it, take the run away from them, we can't be complacent. We've got to continue to fight for every to take every yard away from them in that aspect because if they do get one run going here, one run going there, Bill is really, really crafty about being able to um, figure out how to manipulate and continue to beat you at the one thing that you show you can't stop. So I'm not really worried about Matt Patricia, though, and the play calling aspect. He's not that other, you know, he's not the, the guy that's been there before. So that's going to be a challenge for them to figure out if he can actually even hold that position down. So I think we're more than capable of stopping them though. I don't, I don't see that as being an issue. My concern always comes down to alignment and assignment. And if our guys are out there communicating as well, as well as they were communicating through the preseason, I think we're going to be just fine. Every time I saw them give up something, they communicated about it. They pointed out what, what, what happened right then on the spot to rectify it. And that's something that I hadn't seen in the previous years. They are communicating, talking, Talking each other up. Nobody's nobody's allowed to walk around with their shoulders hung down, you know, head hung low, none of that type of stuff. They're all talk. Hey, we'll get them the next one. Just make sure, hey, make your next rep the best rep type of thing, you know? And that's what I think they get that from Boyer, right? There's none of this scowls on the sideline and guys walking off and they're getting this dirty look from Flores. You know what I'm saying? Like, Boyer's addressing it. You know what I mean? He's addressing a lot of things. And I see him talking and walking the sideline, talking to guys which is what players all consistently need, constant reinforcement. Listen, hey, I like how you did this, but I need you to do this a little different. So the next time they see it, it's different. And I think they're going to get that every week. And I think, they're, you know, taking the run away from – they got to know, you stop the run, Mac Jones is probably not going to kill us, especially with that wide receiving core they got. So that's got to be priority one. And I think mm-hmm. that's – yeah, I, I think that's at the forefront of what they're going to do, take the run away, and then the secondary gets to play. Hmm. Um, sticking with the Patriots for a sec before we move and their offense before we move, move oh, sorry, their defense before we move over. Um, Richmond, um, their offense have gone to more of a zone blocking scheme from the whole power gap they've been known for. Um, the Dolphins, people seem to forget last year, we had 48 sacks, which was fifth best in the NFL. Their offensive line has been struggling in the preseason. You know, do you see, in terms of all these guys shifting from a power gap to a zone, do you see them having comfort comfort issues in terms of changing the scheme that drastically? And do you see this as a potential opportunity where a guy like Jalen Phillips or a guy like Emmanuel Ogba might be able to feast on a weakness? Ain't no question. Um, <clears throat> you know, like Ballgame said, the, the energy is dif- different with not only the defense, but our offense. But, you know, coming into Miami, um, just about every defense you play against, the main thing they want to do is stop the run, stop stop the run, force you to be one-dimensional. And with this being Mac Jones' second year, um, if we stop the run like we can with – big guys in the middle and, and, and jam up and stop that 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 zone scheme or whatever, 
Phillips and Aqua are going are gonna to eat. And it could be a real long day, um, you know, with both of those guys meeting back there on Mac Jones. And I, I remember last year he kind of got frustrated at times when the offense wasn't working, couldn't get, get hit and this and that. And if they're having – Issues. It doesn't matter if it's power gap zone or whatever. If you can't block the scheme, you're gonna have issues, and and that's not a good thing coming out of preseason because normally you want to have some kind of consistency or feel good about it. But if they're still struggling about it, uh, believe me, you know, like we talked about on the show last night, you know, um, Jason Phillips could even easily had 12 or 13 sacks on some he missed. So being at home. I, I just know the crowd is going to be deafening this and that. And if he gets the jump off of um, the edge with that silent count, man, it, it could be ugly. And if I'm not saying you're going to hurt anybody, but they could be looking at bringing in another quarterback if he gets beat up enough. I mean, it's, it's just – it could be that type of game. And um, I, I can see us having three or four sacks. It's, if we get rolling, it's, it's going to be ugly. I mean, I, I think they're going to come to compete, but I can also see the game getting out of hand pretty easily, too. Mm. Um. All right. So now let's switch gears and talk about our offensive line. And I'll just be blatant. How confident are you in our offensive line matched up against the Bill Belichick front that is always strong and Judon's another year under his belt? How confident are you in our offensive line in, during week one? I, I still think we have some question marks. And the, and the reason I say that is uh, I feel a little bit more like uh, Connor Williams and Toronto Armstead. I think what they did is, you know, that's why they kind of put Eichenberg over there between those guys and they moved Jackson out to the right tackle. But um, in preseason, you don't play a lot. So, um, you know, Guys normally don't show everything in preseason, this and that. And like I said, I, I do believe uh, Belichick, just the way he does things, he's going to dial up some things. And uh, we're going to really find find out. I think the, the biggest question mark is I think everybody's concerned about is the right tackle position, regardless of who's over there. That's to his blind side. And we got you've got to protect his blind side. He can't be taking hits, you know, consistently from – from that side is because you can't see it coming and you just don't want your quarterback getting beat up. So mm-hmm. um, it, this is going to be the true test. I mean, I know he looked good in preseason, this and that, you know, guys don't play a lot and this and that, but this is going to be the test. And with this being a divisional game, you know, ain't no love lost between the Patriots and the Dolphins has been that way. You got to be ready to play. And I'm, I'm looking forward to Jackson, showing that he's really made progress. But I think that's the question mark for me, him and Eichenberg. Yeah, they're starting and this and that, but are you going to be able to anchor those bull rushes, stuff like that? Because that's what guys going to try. They're going to remember what you struggled with, and they're going to set you up and say, okay, can he handle a bull rush? Let's see if he's gotten any better. with. And if you can't, you're going to continue to see it. So those are my question marks. But if we get that um, – if they play pretty solid, don't say they have to be great. If they play pretty solid, uh, it, everything works in our favor. So definitely looking for that. And and those are my two question marks right there. Ball game. Um, not only 
am I going to ask you how you feel about the offensive line against that front, you know, or front that we got Dietrich Wise, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, Matt Judon, Juwan Benley has always been good against us. But how do you feel of our matchup against their secondary with Jonathan Jones, Kyle Duggar, who I think is going to become a really solid safety, Devin McCourty, Jalen Mills, Miles Bryant. How do you feel when you got guys like Cedric Wilson, Tyreek, you know, um, Jalen, Gasicki as a big slot matched up against. So not only do I want to hear what you think about our offensive line against their front, especially with running the football, what do you think about how their secondary matches up against? Because they're expecting Jonathan Jones to step in and be the guy that JC was. So what what are you what are your thoughts? So when I look at looking when I look at the matchups, mm-hmm. um right now at this point, their D line, their front is better than our O line. Mm-hmm. We I got a couple names, but those guys are solid across the board. So um our, we have to do a really good job of ensuring that our guys don't have to t- take a long time to hold blocks and tool can get the ball out quick so that those guys don't have an opportunity to get into their full rush lanes and do the things that they do well. They're big up front, so power and strength and stuff. I don't necessarily know how much stronger Eichenberg got, and that was one of the issues with Jackson um, a year ago this time. But, um, yeah, they, they, they their D-line is clearly better at this phase, in my opinion, than our O-line. So that's a cause okay. of concern for me. But, we just like I said, we just got to be real crafty about how we um, – Show up the protection and things of that nature. As far as the matchup between our wide receiving core, though, and their cornerbacks, we we were in that hands down, in my opinion. The fact of the matter is they have zero chance, in my opinion, of doing anything man-related with Tyreek and Waddle both on the field healthy at the same time. And then you add in a guy like Cedric Wilson who can work the intermediate areas of the field along with Mike Kosicki. They, they just don't athletically have the linebackers to be able to cover the zone areas. They don't also have um, safeties big enough to really physically deal with Mike's size and guys shifty enough to deal with how smooth Cedric moves between the zones. I just mm. – I don't see it, bro. They they, they are really, really going to have their hands full, and they just not bringing enough to the fight for me. I think it's a. I think it's like them walking into the ring against their corners going into the ring with our wide receivers is like them going in with one hand tied behind their back. In my opinion, you can't win like that. You can jab all you want, but you gonna get that left. That left is gonna catch you eventually. Eventually, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you. So needless to say, so they were the second best pass defense last year. They only allowed about 187.1 yards per game. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, you don't see them coming anywhere close to that. Not without J.C. Jackson on the field. Now we talk about how great Jones was as a counter counterpart to him, but mm. Jones was arguably taking the second and third options on some teams while J.C. was locking up the number one. I mean, I, have, I still have not, and I'm not saying that he's a slouch, but I still haven't seen anything from Jones that makes me believe that he's even remotely close to being able to lock up a Waddle or a Tyree Hill one on one. I just don't see it. I, it's and the other guys, Mills and those guys, nah, bro, they're, they're not it, bro. Like, there's a stark drop-off between J.C. and Jones and then the rest of that roster. Um, I like Duggar. I think Duggar's a dog. He's a good beast, yeah. Yeah, I think Duggar's a dog. But, again, um, 
I don't think I don't like the matchup. I I don't like his matchup. If he's got to cover Mike, that's a problem. Like mm. there's too much size there, and um, Mike's athleticism, you know, what I'm saying um, is going to greatly rule out and you know neutralize most of the things that Duggan brings to the table um, in the passing game. So, I guess it's it's not even yeah, it's not even worth even really even getting to. Our wide receiver core is going to be winning a lot of matchups against a lot mm. of cornerback tandems and in secondaries, bro. Just based on who they are and their abilities, it just yeah. I think I think even this weekend, I think even a guy like Eric is a comic to throw him in the red zone. He's going to win his matchups in the red zones too, man. So yeah. Um. So okay. So I'll save my score prediction for tomorrow night on Inside the NFL when I do my preview. Um. But. Who's your guys winning? I got the Dolphins winning this game. Who do you guys got winning the game? Um, and if you want to throw a score, knock yourself out. Yeah, I go. I got the Dolphins winning. Um, thirty-one ten. Mm. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, the, the ten points will be um, mercy points. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even see. I, man, I just really don't. I don't have any faith in Matt Jones. I don't have any faith in Devontae Parker. I don't care what Bill thought he saw in bringing him in, but the guy never really did anything. What about Lynn Bowden, bro? Come him on. Uh, yeah, they only brought him up there to suck up, you know, yeah. and figure out what's going on in the playbook. So I don't even. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be close, bro. And they might just. I'm saying 31. That's being, that's being um, nice. It might even be more. Like, I just don't see how they can match up. Wow. Even if they do stop the run game, they don't have a chance against our pass, bro. Like, yeah. Tyreek, it's, it's – people just – I don't think people really, I don't think people even realize just how special that dude is. And then you got the mini-me version of him still learning, but the young version of him opposite him. Like, yeah. these guys are legitimately – You know, I, it's. I wouldn't want to have to try to defend them, and then you add Cedric yeah, yeah. in, and you know, Easy E. It's it's just too much, bro. And you got Mozart coming out the backfield catching pass. It's that's just way too much, man. I'm telling you, if Mozart stays healthy this OP, year, bro. If Mozart stays healthy all all year, he's gonna be he's gonna win that job by the end of the year for sure. Um, yeah, Richmond. What, what's what's your prediction? Who do you see winning this game? Yeah, I, I, I'm going with the Dolphins as well. Um, I'm going to say I'm, I'm thinking probably 27-17, and that, that could be a late touchdown or field goal, but it could be 27-13 by the uh, Patriots. Um, if everything, like I said, if everything hits like it's supposed to be, I could easily see the Dolphins scoring over 30 points. And I just got a feeling that, and I don't normally go on feelings, but I just got a feeling that we could really blow this thing up, and that's what you're going to be hearing on ESPN, NFL Network, the Dolphins, this and that. The way we come out, I think it's going to put a lot of people on notice, and I, I just feel really good about this weekend, and I think our offense is going to really shock some people. And like um, Ball Game said, trying to cover Tyreek Hill just alone – and then you got a guy like Waddle, and both of them have that big playability. It just opens up, you know, things for like you said, Cedric Wilson, Gasecki. This and it could be a nightmare for for a defensive coordinator. So, uh, but my, I'm gonna go with 27-17. But 
Dolphins could possibly easily score with 30 points. I just feel good about this game. Yeah, like, I mean, I got to say, you know, and we even saw in the predictions yesterday, all of us picked them to win. You know, we're we're, Dolphin Nation's pretty confident in this one. It's like, you know, we got all these high expectations, I mean, about how the season finishes, but we also got expectations game by game, and we swept them last year. They didn't really improve that much. We did drastically, and I think everyone expects us to handle them pretty easily again right so i don't know i mean you know i i'm right there with you guys like i can see this game getting out of hand real quick Uh, by by halftime i could see this getting and we'll all be basking in it it's not like that's a bad thing but um yeah i could see this i could see this getting out of hand um any final go ahead i just want mike i want mike to go out and put enough out there to make people aware that they have arrived. You feel me? Because then mm-hmm. we go into Baltimore in week two, and I want Harbaugh out there trying to figure out, damn, what do we stop? Who we try to stop? You feel me? If they go out there and everybody eats, that's nightmares for a defensive coordinator trying to figure out who do you try to take away. Mm. Like, make him think, man. Like, make him earn his paycheck. Because I'm, I'm quite sure Boyer's going to be checking out – you know, throwing the kitchen sink at Lamar, trying to make sure Lamar stalled out. So have him frustrated to the point where he's also losing sleep, trying to figure out who he's going to take away from us. So. Well, like, you know, Omar said on after that third preseason finale game, he's on Twitter. Omar Kelly said, you know, I was at all the Dolphin practices. I don't know why McDaniel's showing so much. Well, first of all, since that preseason game, they basically kept everyone at the dark who goes to practice with what's going on. Right. Second of all, does Omar Kelly really think Mike McDaniel didn't put that on tape for, for a purpose? Like, <laughs> like I, I totally make, think, you know, sweet, exactly. Like you think this guy isn't sitting there saying they're going to rip my preseason tape apart, play by play inch by inch on the field. He knows they're going to do that. Yep. And, and, and you're going to see stuff that we haven't seen yet. And uh, see, that's another thing, guys. You know, I'm excited to see Tua. I'm excited to see Javon Holland. I'm excited to see Tyreek. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this offense operates. I'm excited to see. I mean, we were seeing, even with the vanilla preseason playbook, play calls with purposes, us doing multiple things out of one formation to set defenses up with false keys to confuse them. Like, we were doing this in the preseason. What are we going to do when it matters? That's what I keep saying to myself. Like, like you know, it's crazy because it was vanilla, but you come away impressed with the play design and you come mm. away impressed with McDaniel as a play caller, but you still got to slow yourself up and be like, hey, it's just a vanilla offense in the preseason. But the back of your head, there's a little voice that says, man, imagine when it matters what he's going to be calling and what he's going to do. Like, Safed Dean, at that last week of practice, at that last practice, open everyone. Uh-huh. Safed Dean said we ran a trick play during that practice that like blew everyone's mind. And you know, no video of it ever came out. Nothing came out. So I mean, I- I'm gonna tell you, I think they're setting Belichick. They, I, they got Belichick worried. I'm convinced they got Belichick worried enough. That's why he came down early. Don't hit me with the weather thing. I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I, I think he legitimately. He's I concerned. think he. Le- yeah, man. He better be. He better no. be. 
because it's a version of the Shanahan offense we haven't seen yet. No one's seen it with this type of vertical. We've seen it with a vertical element. We've never seen it with this much speed to that vertical element before. Well, you remember, you remember what Bill did to the league and route to that Super Bowl when they had Randy Moss and all that speed he had. I know this dude is sitting. That was the first time Brady it threw for over forty touchdowns. Yeah, and I'm thinking, I know what I shout without Bill is thinking to himself. They got two. They got two that can get out on us. (sighs) And ball game. From what I saw in the preseason when he was targeted, people need to wake up on Cedric. Oh yeah, Cedric look. Cedric looks like he's gonna eat when he's targeted. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm saying, man. That that, 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 the middle of the field. Intermediate, all of, that's gonna be man. Cedric Wilson is about to do work, bro. Like legitimately, it's it's gonna be. I I don't know. I mean, I, I sit here all the time thinking to myself, how do you stop it? Like even the most simplest calls, you have to honor the fact that these two dudes have so much speed and waddle and heel. You can't play them conventionally. You have to be over the top creative in how you. Yeah, and you gotta hope that two will make mistakes because if he gets a two, and they'll end stride, it's over. That's all right. It's, it's the same thing. Right. What are you gonna do with a linebacker with Moser coming out of the backfield? How many guys can keep up with a guy who runs twenty-two miles per hour? Not many. Linebacker one either. A one or two, I mean? and they're not on the Patriots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just there's so many. We can kill you on every level with speed. So. I mean, that's the thing that I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see how McDaniel has designed this offense around the speed. I honestly think this is like what you guys were saying earlier about us maybe being able to put up 30 plus points or, you know, us all talking about how it could get in a hand at half. This is why I said when we got McDaniel that I think out of the gate, we can start hanging points on teams because they don't know what to expect from us. Now, when the tape starts coming out, all he's got to do is adjustments and wrinkles, and and all of a sudden now they got to deal with something else. So, you know, I I think because there's so much we can do, and they've never seen this guy at work before. Right. I, I yeah, I think I think that's why Belichick's worried. But you know, you know what's most confusing though, bro? Like real talk is when an offensive coordinator has the patience to stay in a particular set, but run multiple. Looks off of that, off of that base set. That drives you nuts because you know you. It, and it, that's it a all looks, uh, Yeah, it all looks the same. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you thinking run, but it's pass. You thinking pass, but it's run. And and it's everyone's so got to have you got to have disciplined Discipline. eyes on all three levels, man. Yeah, yeah. Those are the worst type offenses to have to defend. A, a, a coordinator that's all over the place doing a whole bunch of stuff here, but it's really the same stuff. You're just doing it out of different formations. That's yeah. not as difficult, but it, a guy that's disciplined enough to stay in one and play action pass, you bootleg out of it, do power run, do the stretch run, do the dive, you know what I mean? Do mm. all this different, all these different things, the counter out of it. That's frustrating, the law, because yeah. it all looks the same. You don't know where he's going right, where he's going left, and even if they're un- unconventionally on the short side and they're bootlegging to the short side, throwing the ball back to the wide side of the field. Most people don't do that, but you got a left-handed quarterback. He can do it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a nightmarish circumstance that you have to 
Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't envy any of these defensive <laughs> coordinators that have to try to defend this offense, bro. I don't. That's why you get paid the big bucks, bro. Yeah, man. That's it. Um, final thoughts before we get out of here, boys. Oh, uh, mine is man. I'm, I'm happy football is back. Um, um, I'm excited about you know all the acquisitions and the things that we did this offseason, and now we actually get a chance to see it in just a few days. So. Um, staying calm, but I'm definitely excited. Looking forward to um, Sunday kickoff against the Patriots. But um, always good to be on the on the show with you guys, and definitely excited about going live. I, I think this is going to be beneficial, and I appreciate all our listeners and stuff like that. But um, appreciate you guys. But yeah, I'm just I'm good. So I'm I gotta, to I gotta go. ask you, what's your pregame game ritual, Richmond? What do you do? I know now you go, or you do, when I play. No, now I know you might go do some gardening and stuff before you go out there. Yeah, little, no, you know. no, normally on Sundays I go to church and then by oh. I get home about 11, 11 30 and the game kicks off um twelve around noon. So yeah. if I do it, it's gonna be after the Dolphins play. Maybe water everything and then that's it. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's strictly football. Yeah, it's, it's game time now. I can't be playing around this right. Sunday. <laughs> oh well, hey, what do you okay? What do you do when you got when you watch your Aggies? Because you got more free time in front of that. Yeah, it depends if it's the early game or whatever. Um, Everyone uh, leave the room. No, no, my, my wife was standing there watching. Um, uh, I, I don't like like when I'm watching the game. Like uh, I got one daughter, she'll watch the game with me, and then she'll try to do stuff to agitate me just to see how I'm gonna respond. And then I got another one that. She'll watch, and then she want to ask a bunch of questions. I'm like, look, I don't mind answering the questions, but you got to get off your iPad. If you're gonna watch the game with me, we're gonna watch the game. But I can't teach it if you distracted if doing something else. Doing something else. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, put you put you put your helmet on and sit here with daddy. And I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> uh, ball game. Your final thoughts, brother? Hey man, I'm just happy that we're here. It's been a long off season. A whole bunch of foolishness going on with you know within the fan base, man. People out here trying to divide us. But one thing's for sure, man, winning cures all. And I'm willing to I'm willing to concede that I don't want to drag too many people. But if they're gonna still be out here on foolishness, they better be ready to get the clap back because I'm I, I'm I'm fully loaded. I got a couple clips ready. You know, my thing is we are stronger together than we are divided. And um, all these all these BS narratives that people out here running about the kid and you know saying things that he can't do. Why don't we just why don't you have some faith, right? I know it's been a long time this this organization has seen some um, some over the top success, but I think we are right here at the on, on, we're right here at the cusp of some greatness happening and going to unfold right in front of us. And I would hate for people to not be able to be a part of the process and. Mm-hmm you know, talk themselves out of being able to fully enjoy it because they're going to get dragged for the next five years by the idiotic statements they've been making. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. With that, (laughs) with that football is here. (laughs) All right, Uh, guys, we'll be back next Wednesday night. We'll be start doing this on Wednesday nights at uh, 8 p.m. So check us out on YouTube Wednesday night, 8 p.m. As usual, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all podcast outlets if you want to just listen to us on the audio. As far as Finside the NFL, 
I will be back on Friday night to preview the Patriots and the Dolphins game. Until next time, you don't know what time it is. Fins up all day, every day, and we'll see y'all next week right back here at the finish line. Go Dolphins. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.